section twenty eight of a far country by winston churchill this LibriVox recording is in the public domain book three chapter twenty four it was impossible of course that my friends should have failed to perceive the state of disorganization i was in and some of them at least must have guessed its cause dickinson on his return from maine at once begged me to go away i rather congratulated myself that tom had chosen these months for a long delayed vacation in canada his passion for fishing still persisted in spite of the fact i have noted that i had lost a certain zest for results to keep busy seemed to be the only way to relieve my mind of an otherwise intolerable pressure and i worked sometimes far into the evening in the background of my thoughts lay the necessity of coming to a decision on the question of the senatorship several times dickinson and gorse had spoken of it and i was beginning to get letters from influential men in other parts of the state they seemed to take it for granted that there was no question of my refusing the time came when i had grown able to consider the matter with a degree of calmness what struck me first when i began to debate upon it was that the senatorship offered a new and possibly higher field for my energies while at the same time the office would be a logical continuation of a signal legal career i was now unable to deny that i no longer felt any exhilaration at the prospect of future legal conquests similar to those of the past but once in the senate i might regain something of that intense conviction of fighting for a just and sound cause with which theodore watling had once animated me fighting there in the capital of washington would be different no stigma of personal gain attached to it it offered a nearer approach to the ideal i had once more begun to seek held out hopes of a renewal of my unity of mind mr watling had declared that there was something to fight for i had even glimpsed that something but i had to confess that for some years i had not been consciously fighting for it i needed something to fight for there was the necessity however of renewing my calculations if hamilton durrett should recover even during the ensuing year and if nancy relented it would not be possible for us to be divorced and married for some time i still clung tenaciously to the belief that there were no relationships wholly unaffected by worldly triumphs and as senator i should have strengthened my position it did not strike me even after all my experience that such a course as i now contemplated had a parallel in the one that i had pursued in regard to her when i was young it seemed fitting that theodore watling should be the first to know of my decision i went to washington to meet him it pained me to see him looking more worn but he was still as cheerful as mentally vigorous as ever and i perceived that he did not wish to dwell upon his illness i did venture to expostulate with him on the risk he must be running in serving out his term we were sitting in the dining-room of his house we've only one life to live hugh he answered smiling at me and we might as well get all out of it we can a few years more or less doesn't make much difference and i ought to be satisfied i'd resign now to please my wife to please my friends but we can't trust this governor to appoint a safe man 
how little we suspected when we elected him that he'd become infected you never can tell in these days can you it was the note of devotion to his cause that i had come to hear i felt it renewing me as i had hoped the threat of disease the louder clamorings of the leaders of the mob had not sufficed to dismay him though he admitted more concern over these my sympathy and affection were mingled with the admiration he never failed to inspire but you hugh he said concernedly you're not looking very well my son you must manage to take a good rest before coming here before the campaign you'll have to go through we can't afford to have anything happen to you you're too young i wondered whether he had heard anything he spoke to me again about the work to be done the work he looked to me to carry on we'll have to watch for our opportunity he said and when it comes we can handle this new movement not by crushing it but by guiding it i've come to the conclusion that there is a true instinct in it that there are certain things we have done which have been mistakes but which we can't do any more but as for this theory that all wisdom resides in the people it's bunkum what we have to do is work out a practical program his confidence in me had not diminished it helped to restore confidence in myself the weather was cool and bracing for september and as we drove in a motor through the beautiful avenues of the city he pointed out a house for me on one of the circles one of those distinguished residences instances of a nascent good taste that are helping to redeem the polyglot aspect of our national capital mr watling spoke rather tactfully i thought of maud and the children and ventured the surmise that they would be returning in a few months i interpreted this indeed as in rather the nature of a kindly hint that such a procedure would be wise in view of the larger life now dawning for me but i made no comment he even sympathized with nancy durrett she did the right thing hugh he said with the admirable casual manner he possessed of treating subjects which he knew to be delicate nancy's a fine woman poor devil this in reference to ham mr watling reassured me on the subject of his own trouble maintaining that he had many years left if he took care he drove me to the station i travelled homeward somewhat lifted out of myself by the visit to him with some feeling of spaciousness derived from washington itself with its dignified presidential mansion among the trees its granite shaft drawing the eye upward with its winged capital serene upon the hill should we deliver these heirlooms to the mob surely democracy meant more than that all this time i had been receiving at intervals letters from maud and the children maud's were the letters of a friend and i found it easy to convince myself that their tone was genuine that the separation had brought contentment to her and those independent and self-sufficient elements in her character i admired now rather than deplored at etretat which she found much to her taste she was living quietly but making friends with some american and english and one french family of the same name buffon as the great naturalist the father was a retired silk manufacturer they now resided in paris and had been very kind in helping her to get an apartment in that city for the winter 
she had chosen one on the avenue kleber not far from the ark it is interesting after her arraignment of me that she should have taken such pains to record their daily life for my benefit in her clear conscientious handwriting i beheld biddy her dresses tucked above slim little knees playing in the sand on the beach her hair flying in the wind and lighted by the sun which gave sparkle to the sea i saw maude herself in her beach chair a book lying in her lap its pages whipped by the breeze and there was morton who must be proving something of a handful since he had fought with the french boys on the beach and thrown a rock through the windows of the buffon family i remember one of his letters made perfect after much correcting and scratching in which he denounced both france and the french and appealed to me to come over at once to take him home maude had enclosed it without comment this letter had not been written under duress as most of his were matthew's letters he wrote faithfully once a week i kept in a little pile by themselves and sometimes re-read them i wondered whether it were because of the fact that i was his father though a most inadequate one that i thought them somewhat unusual he had learned french maude wrote with remarkable ease i was particularly struck in these letters with the boy's powers of observation with his facile use of language with the vivid simplicity of his descriptions of the life around him of his experiences at school the letters were thoughtful not dashed off in a hurry they gave evidence in every line of the delicacy of feeling that was i think his most appealing quality and i put them down with the impression strong on me that he too longed to return home but would not say so there was a certain pathos in this youthful restraint that never failed to touch me even in those times when i had been most obsessed with love and passion the curious effect of these letters was that of knowing more than they expressed he missed me he wished to know when i was coming over and i was sometimes at a loss whether to be grateful to maude or troubled because she had as yet given him no hint of our separation what effect would it have on him when it should be revealed to him it was through matthew i began to apprehend certain elements in maude i had both failed to note and appreciate her little mannerisms that jarred her habits of thought that exasperated were forgotten and i was forced to confess that there was something fine in the achievement of this attitude of hers that was without ill-will or resentment that tacitly acknowledged my continued rights and interest in the children it puzzled and troubled me the citizens union began its campaign early that autumn long before the honorables jonathan parks and timothy mcguire republican and democratic candidates for mayor thought of going on the stump for several weeks the meetings were held in the small halls and club-rooms of various societies and orders in obscure portions of the city the forces of privilege and corruption were not much alarmed perry blackwood accused the newspapers of having agreed to a conspiracy of silence but as judah b tallant remarked it was the business of the press to give the public what it wanted and the public as yet hadn't shown much interest in the struggle being waged in its behalf when the meetings began to fill up it would be time to report them in the columns of the era 
meanwhile however the city had been quietly visited by an enterprising representative of a new york periodical of the new type that developed with the opening years of the century one making a specialty of passionate muck-raking and since the people of america love nothing better than being startled yardley's weekly had acquired a circulation truly fabulous the emissary of the paper had attended several of the citizen meetings interviewed it seemed many persons the result was a revelation to make the blood of politicians capitalists and corporation lawyers run cold i remember very well the day it appeared on our newsstands and the heated denunciations it evoked at the boyne club ralph hamilton was the only one who took it calmly who seemed to derive a certain enjoyment from the affair had he been a less privileged person they would have put him in chancery leonard dickinson asserted that yardley's should be sued for libel there's just one objection to that said ralph what asked the banker it isn't libel i defy them to prove it dickinson snapped it's a damned outrage there isn't a city or village in the country that hasn't exactly the same conditions there isn't any other way to run a city that's what mr krebs says ralph replied that the people ought to put judge jason officially in charge he tells em that jason is probably a more efficient man than democracy will be able to evolve in a coon's age that we ought to take him over instead of letting the capitalists have him did krebs say that dickinson demanded you can't have read the article very thoroughly leonard ralph commented i'm afraid you only picked out the part of it that compliments you this fellow seems to have been struck by krebs says he's a coming man that he's making original contributions to the people's cause quite a tribute you ought to read it dickinson who had finished his lunch got up and left the table after lighting his cigar ralph's look followed him amusedly i'm afraid it's time to cash in and be good he observed we'll get that fellow krebs yet said grierson wrathfully millergorse alone made no remarks but in spite of his silence he emanated an animosity against reform and reformers that seemed to charge the very atmosphere and would have repressed any man but ralph i sat in my room at the club that night and re-read the article and if its author could have looked into my soul and observed the emotions he had set up he would no doubt have experienced a grim satisfaction for i too had come in for a share of the comment portions of the matter referring to me stuck in my brain like tar such as the reference to my father to the honoured traditions of the parrots and the brecks which i had deliberately repudiated i had less excuse than many others the part i had played in various reprehensible transactions such as the riverside franchise and the dummy telephone company affair was dwelt upon and i was dismissed with the laconic comment that i was a graduate of harvard my associates and myself were referred to collectively as a gang with the name of our city prefixed we were linked up with and compared to the gangs of other cities the terminology used to describe us being that of the police reporter we operated like burglars we looted only it was intimated in one place second-story men were angels compared to us who had never seen the inside of a penitentiary 
here we were all arraigned before the bar of public opinion the relentless dickinson the surfeited scherer the rapacious grierson the salacious talent i have forgotten what miller gorse was called nothing so classic as a minotaur judd jason was a hairy spider who spread his net and lurked in darkness for his victims every adjective was called upon to do its duty even theodore watling did not escape but it was intimated that he would be dealt with in another connection in a future number the article had a crude and terrifying power and the pain it aroused following almost immediately upon the suffering caused by my separation from nancy was cumulative in character and effect seeming actively to reinforce the unwelcome conviction that i had been striving to suppress that the world which had long seemed so acquiescent in conforming itself to my desires was turning against me though my hunger for nancy was still gnawing i had begun to fear that i should never get her now and the fact that she would not even write to me seemed to confirm this then there was matthew i could not bear to think that he would ever read that article in vain i tried that night to belittle to myself its contentions and probable results to summon up the heart to fight in vain i sought to reconstruct the point of view to gain something of that renewed hope and power of devotion to a cause i had carried away from washington after my talk with theodore watling he though stricken had not wavered in his faith why should i whether or not as the result of the article in yardley's which had been read more or less widely in the city the campaign of the citizens union gained ground and people began to fill the little halls to hear krebs who was a candidate for district attorney evidently he was entertaining and rousing them for his reputation spread and some of the larger halls were hired dickinson and gorse became alarmed and one morning the banker turned up at the club while i was eating my breakfast look here hugh he said we may as well face the fact that we've got a fight ahead of us we'll have to start some sort of a backfire right away you think greenhalge has a chance of being elected i asked i'm not afraid of greenhalge but of this fellow krebs we can't afford to have him district attorney to let a demagogue like him get a start the men the republicans and democrats have nominated are worse than useless parks is no good and neither is mcguire if only we could have foreseen this thing we might have had better candidates put up but there's no use crying over spilt milk you'll have to go on the stump hugh that's all there is to it you can answer him and the newspapers will print your speeches in full besides it will help you when it comes to the senatorship the mood of extreme dejection that had followed the appearance of the article in yardley's did not last i had acquired aggressiveness an aggressiveness however differing in quality from the feeling i once would have had for this arose from resentment not from belief it was impossible to live in the atmosphere created by the men with whom i associated especially at such a time without imbibing something of the emotions animating them even though i had been free from these emotions myself i too had begun to be filled with a desire for revenge and when this desire was upon me i did not have in my mind a pack of reformers or even of the writer of the article in yardley's i thought of herman krebs 
he was my persecutor it seemed to me that he always had been well i'll make speeches if you like i said to dickinson i'm glad he replied we're all agreed gorse and the rest of us that you ought to we've got to get some ginger into this fight and a good deal more money i'm afraid jason sends word we'll need more by the way hugh i wish you'd drop around and talk to jason and get his idea of how the land lies i went this time in the company of judah b talent naturally we didn't expect to see mr jason perturbed nor was he he seemed to be in an odd rather exultant mood if he can be imagined as exultant we were not long in finding out what pleased him nothing less than the fact that mr krebs had proposed him for mayor damned if i wouldn't make a good one too he said damned if i wouldn't show him what a real mayor is i guess there's no danger of your ever being mayor judd talent observed with a somewhat uneasy jocularity i guess there isn't judah remarked the boss quickly but with a peculiar violet flash in his eyes they won't ever make you mayor either if i can help it and i've a notion i can i'd rather see krebs mayor you don't think he meant to propose you seriously talent exclaimed i'm not a damned fool said the boss but i'll say this that he half meant it krebs has a headpiece on him and i tell you if any of this reformed dope is worth anything his is there's some sense in what he's talking and if all the voters was like him you might get a man like me for mayor but they're not and i guess they never will be both talent and i were surprised to hear these sentiments out of the mouth of mr jason you don't think that crowd's going to win do you asked the owner of the era a trifle uneasily when exclaimed the boss contemptuously they'll blow up and you'll never hear of em i'm not saying we won't need a little powder he added which was one of the matters we had come to talk about he gave us likewise a very accurate idea of the state of the campaign mentioning certain things that ought to be done you ought to print some of krebs speeches judah like what he said about me they're talking it all around that you're afraid to print things like his proposal to make you mayor sure said mr jason the people are dotty there ain't one in ten thousand understands what he's driving at when he gets off things like that they take it on the level talent reflected by gum i believe you're right he said you think they will blow up he added krebs is the whole show i tell you they wouldn't be anywhere without him the apps that listen to him don't understand him but somehow he gets under their skins have you seen him lately never saw him replied talent well if you had you'd know he was a sick man sick i exclaimed how do you know it's my business to know things said judd jason and added to talent that your reporters don't find out what's the matter with him talent demanded a slight exultation in his tone did not escape me you've got me there said jason but i have it pretty straight any one of your reporters will tell you that he looks sick the era took mr jason's advice and began to publish those portions of krebs speeches that were seemingly detrimental to his own cause other conservative newspapers followed suit 
the information that i was to enter the lists against krebs was received with satisfaction and approval by those of our friends who were called in to assist at a council of war in the director's room of the corn national bank i was flattered by the confidence these men seemed to have in my ability all were in a state of anger against the reformers none of them seriously alarmed as to the actual outcome of the campaign especially when i had given them the opinion of mr jason what disturbed them was the possible effect upon the future of the spread of heretical socialistic doctrines and it was decided to organize a publicity bureau independently of the two dominant political parties to be in charge of a certain new york journalist who made a business of such affairs who was to be paid a sum commensurate with the emergency he was to have carte blanche even in the editorial columns of our newspapers he was also to flood the city with literature we had fought many wars before this and we planned our campaign precisely as though we were dealing with one of those rebellions in the realm of finance of which i have given an instance but now the war-chest of our opponents was negligible and we were comforted by the thought that however disagreeable the affair might be while it lasted in the long run capital was invincible before setting to work to prepare my speeches it was necessary to make an attempt to familiarize myself with the seemingly unprecedented line of argument krebs had evolved apparently as disconcerting to his friends as to his opponents it occurred to me since i did not care to attend krebs meetings to ask my confidential stenographer miss mccoy to go to turner's hall and take down one of his speeches verbatim miss mccoy had never intruded on me her own views and i took for granted that they coincided with my own i'd like to get an accurate record of what he is saying i told her do you mind going no i'll be glad to go mr parrott she said quietly he's doing more harm than we thought i remarked after a moment i've known him for a good many years he's clever he's sowing seeds of discontent starting trouble that will be very serious unless it is headed off miss mccoy made no comment before noon the next day she brought in the speech neatly typewritten and laid it on my desk looking up and catching her eye just as she was about to withdraw i was suddenly impelled to ask well what did you think of it she actually flushed for the first time in my dealings with her betraying a feeling which i am sure she deemed most unprofessional i liked it mr parrott she replied simply and i knew that she had understated it was quite apparent that krebs had captivated her i tried not to betray my annoyance was there a good audience i asked yes she said how many do you think she hesitated it isn't a very large hall you know i should say it would hold about eight hundred people and it was full i persisted oh yes there were numbers of people standing i thought he detected in her tone although it was not apologetic a desire to spare my feelings she hesitated a moment more and then left the room closing the door softly behind her presently i took up the pages and began to read the language was simple and direct an appeal to common sense 
yet the words strangely seemed charged with an emotional power that i found myself resisting when at length i laid down the sheets i wondered whether it were imagination or the uncomfortable result of memories of conversations i had had with him i was however confronted with the task of refuting his arguments but with exasperating ingenuity he seemed to have taken the wind out of our sails it is difficult to answer a man who denies the cardinal principle of american democracy that a good mayor or a governor may be made out of a dog-catcher he called this the cincinnatus theory that any american because he was an american was fit for any job in the gift of state or city or government from sheriff to ambassador to great britain krebs substituted for this fallacy what may be called the doctrine of potentiality if we inaugurated and developed a system of democratic education based on scientific principles and caught the dog-catcher young enough he might become a statesman or thinker or scientist and make his contribution to the welfare and progress of the nation again he might not but he would have had his chance he would not be in a position to complain here was a doctrine i immediately perceived where it would be suicidal to attempt to refute it ought indeed to have been my line with a growing distaste i began to realize that all there was left for me was to flatter a populace that krebs paradoxically belabored never in the history of american uplift had an electorate been in this manner wooed upbraided for expediency a proneness to demand immediate results an unwillingness to think yes and an inability to think straight such an electorate deserved to be led around by the nose by the jasons and dickinsons the gorses and the griersons and the parrots yes he had mentioned me that gave me a queer sensation how is one to handle an opponent who praises one with a delightful irony we the dickinsons griersons parrots jasons etc had this virtue at least and it was by no means the least of the virtues that we did think we had a plan a theory of government and we carried it out he was inclined to believe that morality consisted largely if not wholly in clear thinking and not in the precepts of the sunday school that was the trouble with the so-called reform campaigns they were conducted on lines of sunday school morality the people worked themselves up into a sort of revivalist frenzy an emotional state which if the truth were told was thoroughly immoral unreasonable and hypocritical like all frenzies as a matter of course it died down after the campaign was over moreover the american people had shown that they were unwilling to make any sacrifices for the permanent betterment of conditions and as soon as their incomes began to fall off they turned again to the bosses and capitalists like an abject flock of sheep he went on to explain that he wasn't referring now to that part of the electorate known as the labor element the men who worked with their hands in mills factories etc they had their faults yet they possessed at least the virtue of solidarity a willingness to undergo sacrifices in order to advance the standard of conditions they too had a tenacity of purpose and a plan 
such as it was which the small business men the clerks lacked we must wake up to the fact that we shouldn't get utopia by turning out mr jason and the highly efficient gentleman who hired and financed him it wasn't so simple as that utopia was not an achievement after all but an undertaking a state of mind the continued overcoming of resistance by a progressive education and effort and all this talk of political and financial wickedness was rubbish the wickedness they complained of did not reside merely in individuals it was a social disorder or rather an order that no longer suited social conditions if the so-called good citizens would take the trouble to educate themselves to think instead of allowing their thinking to be done for them they would see that the evils which had been published broadcast were merely the symptoms of that disease which had come upon the social body through their collective neglect and indifference they held up their hands in horror at the spectacle of a commercial licensed prostitution they shunned the prostitute and the criminal but there was none of us if honest who would not exclaim when he saw them there but for the grace of god go i what we still called sin was largely the result of lack of opportunity and the active principle of society as at present organized tended more and more to restrict opportunity lack of opportunity lack of proper nutrition these made sinners by the wholesale made too nine-tenths of the inefficient of whom we self-righteously complained we had a national philosophy that measured prosperity in dollars and cents included in this measurement the profits of liquor dealers who were responsible for most of our idiots so long as we set our hearts on that kind of prosperity so long as we failed to grasp the simple and practical fact that the greatest assets of a nation are healthy and sane and educated clear-thinking human beings just so long was prostitution logical riverside franchises traction deals judjasons and the respectable gentlemen who continued to fill their coffers out of the public purse inevitable the speaker turned his attention to the respectable gentleman with the full coffers amongst whom i was by implication included we had simply succeeded under the rules to which society tacitly agreed that was our sin he ventured to say that there were few men in the hall who at the bottom of their hearts did not envy and even honour our success he for one did not deem these respectable gentlemen utterly reprehensible he was sufficiently emancipated to be sorry for us he suspected that we were not wholly happy in being winners in such a game he even believed that we could wish as much as any others to change the game and the prizes what we represented was valuable energy misdirected and misplaced and in a reorganized community it would not abolish us but transform us transform at least the individuals of our type who were the builders gone wrong under the influence of an outworn philosophy we might be made to serve the city and the state with the same effectiveness that we had served ourselves 
if the best among the scientists among the university professors and physicians were willing to labor and they were for the advancement of humanity for the very love of the work and service without disproportionate emoluments without the accumulation of a wealth difficult to spend why surely these big business men had been moulded in infancy from no different clay all were americans instance after instance might be cited of business men and lawyers of ability making sacrifices giving up their personal affairs in order to take places of honor in the government in which the salary was comparatively small proving that even these were open to inducements other than merely mercenary ones it was unfortunate he went on but true that the vast majority of people of voting age in the united states to-day who thought they had been educated were under the obligation to re-educate themselves he suggested whimsically a vacation school for congress and all legislative bodies as a starter until the fact of the utter inadequacy of the old education were faced there was little or no hope of solving the problems that harassed us one thing was certain that they couldn't be solved by a rule of thumb morality coincident with the appearance of these new and mighty problems perhaps in response to them a new and saner view of life itself was being developed by the world's thinkers new sciences were being evolved correlated sciences a psychology making a truer analysis of human motives impulses of human possibilities an economics and a theory of government that took account of this psychology and of the vast changes applied science had made in production and distribution we lived in a new world which we sought to ignore and the new education the new viewpoint was in truth nothing but religion made practical it had never been thought practical before the motive that compelled men to work for humanity in science in medicine in art yes and in business if we took the right view of it was the religious motive the application of religion was to-day extending from the individual to society no religion that did not fill the needs of both was a true religion this meant the development of a new culture one to be founded on the american tradition of equality of opportunity but culture was not a weed that grew overnight it was a leaven that spread slowly and painfully first inoculating a few who suffered and often died for it that it might gradually affect the many the spread of culture implied the recognition of leadership democratic leadership but still leadership leadership and the wisdom it implied did not reside in the people but in the leaders who sprang from the people and interpreted their needs and longings he went on to discuss a part of the programme of the citizens union what struck me as i laid down the typewritten sheets was the extraordinary resemblance between the philosophies of herman krebs and theodore watling only krebs philosophy was the bigger held the greater vision of the two i had reluctantly and rather bitterly to admit it the appeal of it had even reached and stirred me whose task was to refute it 
here indeed was something to fight for perhaps to die for as he had said and as i sat there in my office gazing out of the window i found myself repeating certain phrases he had used the phrase about leadership for instance it was a tremendous conception of democracy that of acquiescence to developed leadership made responsible a conception i was compelled to confess transcended mr watling's loyal as i was to him i began to reflect how novel all this was in a political speech although what i have quoted was in the nature of a preamble it was a sermon an educational sermon well that is what sermons always had been and even now pretended to be educational and stirring appealing to the emotions through the intellect it didn't read like the socialism he used to preach it had the ring of religion he had called it religion with an effort of the will i turned from the ironical and dangerous vision of a hugh parrot who might have been enlisted in an inspiring struggle of a modern yet unregenerate saul kicking against the pricks condemned to go forth breathing fire against a doctrine that made a true appeal against the man i believed i hated just because he had made this appeal in the act of summoning my counter-arguments i was interrupted by the entrance of grierson he was calling on a matter of business but began to talk about the extracts from krebs's speech he had read in the mall and state what in hell is this fellow driving at parrot he demanded it sounds to me like the ranting of a lunatic dervish if he thinks so much of us and the way we run the town what's he squawking about I looked at Grierson, and conceived an intense aversion for him. I wondered how I had ever been able to stand him, to work with him. I saw him in a sudden flash as a cunning, cruel bird of prey, a gorged, drab vulture, with beady eyes, a resemblance so extraordinary that I wondered I had never remarked it before. For he had the hooked vulture nose, while the pink baldness of his head was relieved by a few scanty tufts of hair. The people seem to like what he's got to say, I observed. It beats me, said Grierson. They don't understand a quarter of it. I've been talking to some of them. It's their damned curiosity, I guess. You know how they'll stand for hours around a street faker. It's more than that, I retorted grierson regarded me piercingly well we'll put a crimp at him all right he said with a laugh i was in an unenviable state of mind when he left me i had an impulse to send for miss mccoy and ask her if she had understood what krebs was driving at but for reasons that must be fairly obvious i refrained i read over again that part of krebs's speech which dealt with the immediate program of the citizens union after paying a tribute to greenhalge as a man of common sense and dependability who would make a good mayor he went on to explain the principle of the new charter they hoped ultimately to get which would put the management of the city in the hands of one man an expert employed by a commission an expert whose duty it would be to conduct the affair of the cities on a business basis precisely as those of any efficient corporation were conducted this plan had already been adopted with encouraging results in several smaller cities of the country 
he explained in some detail with statistics the waste and inefficiency and dishonesty in various departments under the present system dwelling particularly upon the deplorable state of affairs in the city hospital i need not dwell upon this portion of his remarks since then textbooks and serious periodicals have dealt with these matters thoroughly they are now familiar to all thinking americans end of section twenty eight